0: ladies and gentlemen, to our part two out of our taxes episodes that we're doing here. If you haven't heard part one yet, go back and listen to it and then come back and continue on here just so you're not lost. But otherwise, I'm not going to get too much into it. Just welcome back to the truth about investing, back to basics. So, now, uh, now that we've kind of hit on some federal stuff, then state stuff state? is a little, it, it's, it's a little fuzzy because it, it depends have, on the state. I think it's, state.
1: in many time, cases it's more fuzzy than federal. It's so fuzzy.
0: Uh, yeah. The, you, the reason it's fuzzy, just, just take the time to go look at your state sites. There will be different yes. amounts. We, we were talking about this earlier today. One of the great examples is that uh, Colorado here has a state income tax and— uh, Texas where I I spent some Wait, time what
1: are you guys like 4.3? Oh,
0: I don't I don't Colorado? Get, you just told me that I I told you I was going to back off on numbers and you're sitting here
1: What? Tell me more you numbers. You get to back off on numbers. I <laughs> get a play with Colorado numbers all the time. That's state why I'm here.
0: Income tax rate 2020. God. Okay. Colorado state income tax rates will be decreasing in 2020 to 4.5%. That's a decrease? It went from 4.63.
1: Oh, all
0: right. Wow, look at you. Anyway, uh, so there are state income taxes, but from Texas, where I I spent a few years out there, they're very proud that they don't have state income tax, but the property taxes out there are twice to three times the property tax uh, that you find in Colorado. And so those are just things that you need to take into consideration, both when you're looking at things like, Purchasing a home and your yearly cost of that of what's my property tax, and not only what's the price of the home, uh, but then also when you're when you're balancing and you're looking at things of should I live out this way, I would be making X amount of money, but your income tax is going to be uh, whatever the difference is might might change your opinion um, on stuff, and that's that's why it's important to go and look at your your local government and figure out where those differences are because there's no way that we can give a broad strokes of, of what it's going to be like for your state income tax. It's, it's impossible for us to do on here.
1: Not each, each state, that's for sure. But I mean, really broad strokes, Uh, state income taxes range from 0% in a few different States like Texas, Washington, Mm -hmm. South Dakota, a few others. Um, And they go up to 13.3% as the high end tax bracket for California.
0: I knew it was California. Yep.
1: Uh, What's the second I, highest? Oregon. Is it New York? No, I Oregon, Oregon. I think they're like 9.8 or 9.9. That's a huge difference between the two states. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. But like Chris was talking about, you got to look at the the entire pie, if you will, in, in terms of your state taxes. Because, yes, some of these states have no income tax per se, but then they all they all have their taxes in one form or another, and it also depends on whether or not you're a business owner and things of that nature, and if you uh, own property and all those things, because you have the, the property tax. Um, as a, a business owner, again, you have, in addition to the federal unemployment tax, you typically have a state unemployment tax that you know, I think in Washington, it ranges from like 0.1% up to like 5.7% depending on what industry you're in. And they have 40 different classifications for industries to determine what, what you're in there. Um, and then certain businesses have a, a tax on them. Um, so like Washington service taxes is like 1.5, 1.75% oh, wow. on gross revenue. It's not even on, uh, net revenue, that's just gross. Uh, then you also have sales taxes, which are both at the potentially at the state level, but also at the uh, county or local level. So your city level. So you, you there's a lot of different taxes that you could potentially be paying. And depending on the state, they, they weigh it one way or another. You were talking about, you know, Texas has a fairly high uh, property tax although the property valuations there are probably lower than they are in say Denver for example so the percentage is lower but or higher in Texas but the overall amount what, does it does it balance out or where does that come in That's uh, you're right that's the things to, to
0: look at and that's why I thought it was a, an interesting example because I had that conversation a lot where somebody would tell me uh, oh I, I would go to Colorado but uh, their their houses are 400000 whereas my house here is 200000 and I get the same, if not more, house. And there's some truth to that. Uh, but I've also had several people tell me that when they transitioned out this way, then because the property taxes are, are so much cheaper, then what wound up happening is their month-to-month was costing the same amount of money as far as paying their mortgage was concerned, uh, but the money was going to equity versus... Property tax when they moved out here because it was a, a higher amount, but the month to month cost wound up being the same, which was interesting. Yeah. And that's, um, that's, so that's why it's important to look at that stuff.
1: Yeah. So, overall, for like an individual, uh, one of the, you know, as Chris has said, we're, we're not compensated or anything, but one of the sites that I like to play around with is Smart Asset. They actually have a decent tax estimator, so you plug in your household income and your location, and then they kick out, okay, this is your federal tax, this is your FICA tax, your state, local taxes, all of that. Um, I don't know if it has – yeah, it does show sales tax, property tax, fuel tax, even fuel tax. Oh, wow. On there is estimated. So yeah, it gives you a good idea of some of the other taxes you'll pay. It's not as helpful if you are a business owner because it's not going to take into account all those extra taxes that uh, state and local municipalities may be throwing in there. Um, you know, to to bash Washington again. I think one of them <laughs> is uh, just for owning stuff. So okay. the, you're, you're literally charged a tax on all of the things that your business owns. So if you own a bunch of equipment, if you own a building and property, well, property, not so much because that's a property tax, but uh, a building and equipment, all of that gets charged an annual tax based on the, the original purchase price reduced by um, depreciation. Um, but you get charged that tax, and I, I want to say it's close to 1% or something like that. But you get charged that tax whether you made a dime or not. So yeah, there's all sorts of little things that, yes, certain states don't have income tax; they find ways to make up for it. Yeah, absolutely. So along those lines, Chris, you had asked me earlier about, uh, you know, big businesses and uh, people misconstruing the notion that they're paying really small amounts.
0: Yeah, of, I,
1: of income I, tax. I think it's probably best if I just try to. Reword it so that everybody
0: can kind of get on the same page of what I was trying to. This this is a common occurrence. Uh, I will get together here with Sean and say, Sean, I got a question because I want to learn stuff. And then we talk for half an hour, and then we go, "Damn, we should have just recorded that." Why? Why am I? Why am I giving you this fancy, great information when everybody should have it? And then I say, "Cause I'm selfish." And then, <laughs> and then we forget to record it. So. Sean, can, can you talk to me about some of the differences uh, that's happening? Because we, we are talking about the eventual Biden that's taking office, and we're talking about the eventual effect of uh, the, the conversation that specifically sparked this was uh, someone expressing to me, well, I'm okay with people above $400,000 getting taxed at 37% because that doesn't affect me. And so I, I asked, when we're looking at small businesses and when we're looking at uh, where everything happens, does that come as an income? Is it registered as an income if you are a sole business owner? And then, therefore, if you're taking you know, $400,000 in, in revenue, does that come off as income to that person and then that's taxed? Or does it happen at the layer of, of the business that gets taxed? And uh, then we started talking about larger concepts. And specific to what he's talking about, because we can kind of go back onto that. Uh, We were talking about larger concepts of, say, Amazon was the the example that we were looking at. Where does that tax level happen? Because we know that they are going to exceed the top bracket no matter what. Bezos will very likely exceed that bracket. Uh, some way, somehow, in theory, which we learned <laughs> is not the case, but uh, where where I, that was not a great description of of what we were talking about. <laughs> what can can you talk to me about where the uh, where the taxes wind up happening? Yep. Within a business and where it separates into income
1: tax. Yeah. So two different scenarios. Number one is if it's a pass through organization versus if it's its own separate entity. So uh, technically speaking, they can still be their own entity, but be a pass-through as far as taxes are concerned. So that first scenario, you assume that the business itself is not an entity for tax purposes. Everything passes through to the owner. So the owner gets to basically handle the taxes on everything on their own personal tax return what that means is the business will have its its revenue it will have all of its expenses and then the the owner any any income left over from that business is automatically assumed income for the owner and they will have to pay income taxes on it and now
0: that's, that's after everything is considered or where where, what where do you does mean that by everything yeah, yeah sorry that's fair uh <laughs> when When that's happening and it's a pass through system, then say say they make a hundred thousand dollars in revenue that year, and I don't know fifty thousand of it was being placed back into the business for for anything for improvements or just materials or or whatever's happening, then that fifty thousand is is when it
1: gets taxed or where where exactly does it happen yeah that would be a fair example so yeah you make the business brings in 100 grand and then the you know 50,000 of that is you know expenses whether it's you know the, the cost of goods sold so you you already bought you know your your product or whatever and you know it it went out the door um, or you invested in you know the future of the business by expanding, buying another uh, a building, or buying new products, or more you know underlying pieces to your products. Uh, and you demonstrate. And you, I'm sorry. You you demonstrate that through
0: uh, the deductions. Then at that point, where you're you're starting, you you would need to itemize because you're exceeding the standard deduction at that point, and so that's where you go. Uh, I purchased a building, uh, and this this was my cost out of pocket. I I purchased these materials,
1: and then that gets itemized. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the building itself will be a little bit different because most likely it's going to be uh, taken as a uh, overtime time okay. expense and depreciated over time. But yes, that it, it illustrates the point of yes, these are expenses that are being itemized. And taken off of my income because it's not actually income. You didn't actually make that that's not money in your pocket the way that the employee who made a hundred grand gets to walk home with the, the hundred grand minus taxes. Right. So, and so you, you only have the fifty grand left over, then you pay your taxes, and then you get to take that home in that right. scenario.
0: That makes sense. And yeah. the other thing that we, we discussed prior to this was part of those expenses that might not be just materials might be income for the employees that are part of this practice say it was two hundred thousand dollars in revenue but you paid somebody a hundred thousand dollars then uh and then the fifty thousand dollars in your materials and and everything else then it's still the fifty thousand dollars that is considered taxable because that's your income
1: yeah because you shouldn't have to pay income taxes on a hundred grand that you paid somebody else that is also going to be paying income taxes. It's completely illogical. Right. Right. Um, so then and the same thing with any of any items that you purchased for your business, you paid a sales tax on all of those items and it's not going to be ultimately income to you as the business owner. Right. That makes sense. And
0: so then when we are looking at things like Jeff Bezos, for example, but be- Bez- Bezos, 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 Bez, Bez, Bezos, Bezos,
1: I'm going to go with Bezos. <laughs> okay. Um, when you Not a him, pass-through entity. Uh, right, not a pass-through entity. Amazon is not, rather, because they are separate. Amazon and Bezos, or however you pronounce it. Yes. Correct. Um,
0: then Bezos receives his income as, uh, kind of like our first description, as an employee, in a way. Right. Uh, where he's he's part of the cost of the amount of income that's being pay, paid out as business expenses. Correct. Correct. Okay. And just because I thought it was interesting, and I'm sure people will be curious, uh, if you research Jeff Bezos', be- 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 Bezos. <laughs> salary <laughs> wow. per year, uh, his annual salary is listed at $81,840. Per year, most of his wealth comes from elsewhere, and uh, I I think that's important to note to people because that's that's kind of what we're talking about is that uh, part of his money is is income where we're talking about oh well clearly the richest man in the world is going to pay on his income taxes the the highest amount but he currently does not sit in that four hundred thousand dollars and above bracket. Which is worth noting, just as as kind of comparison, because it's it's not always as simple as well. They have money, so they're going to get taxed in this this thing that the president says they're going to tax them out. Now, the the
1: business will get taxed, um, right? So a, a lot of different things come into play there. I mean, you've got so one of the things I hear a lot is, well, Amazon only paid like three percent in taxes, and I'm like, okay, you're you're or they they attribute that to Bezos and that's even more of a misconstrued notion right. um so from the the standpoint of Amazon yes they may have mil- made probably billions of dollars i haven't have actually looked it up but it's a lot yeah especially it's going to be a lot especially during this corona stretch it's but we're looking at the cost of goods sold, so all of these products that they sold that they made that gross revenue on cost something. So that's going to dramatically reduce the, the net income of the business. You can't have a company go out that has a 20% profit margin and then say, hey, you're going to pay 20% taxes on gross revenue. They would end up netting negative amount. They, they would lose money. It would be out of business. It wouldn't exist. Right. Um, Oh,
0: here you go. Sorry. Uh, Amazon in 2019 had a net income of $11.59 billion. Okay. Makes sense.
1: But from that income, they're paying for the cost of goods sold, they're paying all of their employees, Um, they're paying for all of their buildings which means all of the, and all of these things that I'm referencing have a tax associated with them already. In 2019,
0: Amazon had a reported net income of $11.59 billion, but the, uh, the same fiscal period, the company's revenue, not net income, the company's revenue amounted to more than $280.5 billion. And that's kind of what we're talking about though, right? Is because, the revenue in itself is the 280.5 billion, but the right taxable amount would be the net income, right? So the the amount that's even allowed to be taxed because that's considered
1: business expenses would be the 11.59 billion on just right. the business side. Well, and all those business expenses are already being taxed in some way, shape, or form. Right. If you take more tax out of them, you're just compiling the issue. Um, because all those costs of goods sold are going to be have a sales tax. So when they bought the underlying product from someone else, they paid a sales tax. When they, you know, all the employees that they're paying, those employees are paying income taxes. The company is paying half of their social security tax, Medicare tax, unemployment tax, uh, all of their unemployment tax actually, as well as their both state and local or and federal. Any of the buildings that they've purchased, they're paying property taxes on those. When it, when you you boil it all down, what the what businesses as a, a standalone entity are going to pay taxes on are retained earnings, some money that they keep for future investment, which will eventually get taxed again. So it's a double tax, realistically. Um, so after you take all of those, <coughs> excuse me, all of those expenses that the company has associated with generating that revenue. They, they have that pool left over and they have a few choices of what to do with it. You no know, Number one, they can pay shareholders a dividend. So the, if they pay it out as a dividend to the owners of the company, that would include Bezos, um, they're going to pay taxes on that. And that is... Starts out at 15%. If you make over, if you're in the top four income tax brackets, there's another 3.8% tax tax uh, tacked on top of that. If you're in the top two percent, you're actually going to pay 20% plus the 3.8 instead. Uh, so it is more favorable than income tax, but it's it still gets taxed ultimately. The the amount that the company itself is going to get taxed on is if it keeps money and does nothing with it. So it doesn't. It doesn't use it to, for research and development, for empl- paying employees. It doesn't use it for buying uh, more products to be sold. It doesn't use it for expansion and buying buildings and things like that. It just retains those funds. That's what gets taxed at the business level. Just to clarify, the company is going to pay corporate taxes on all of the net profits. That includes the retained earnings and what they pay out as dividends. That's why dividends have a more favorable tax at the individual level because they have already been taxed at the corporate level. And that's why as far as like a day-to-day
0: business, uh, I I don't know how else to word it. Uh, That's why at work in your day-to-day, it might not be uncommon to come across a budget. Where it says, well, we need to spend this money because it's within the budget. And that's because if that money does not get spent, then it is going to be taxed. And uh, so it needs to get placed as a business expense. And that's, that's kind of breaking it down further just within what the expenses are. But that's part of the reason that if you work in a business that says, well, we have a budget for this. So this needs to get spent, then that's, that's one of the variables as to why.
1: Yeah, I would argue that that's bad business management in that scenario, sure. but yeah. yes. But it um, happens. It does. <laughs> it, yes, I'm, I'm quite <laughs> certain it happens. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the, it's only the retained earnings that they ultimately get taxed on, which is why on a percentage of over their gross revenue, it looks tiny. But to to charge them on their gross revenue would just be asinine. It would. Absolutely. We wouldn't have businesses. They would cease to exist. Um, and also to attribute that tax rate to the owners of the company that are actually paying taxes that their own income tax bracket, as completely separate entities, is also to misconstrue the actual what's actually going on.
0: Well, because you you are always going to have the government supporting the the want for supporting the economy uh, I guess is the best way to describe it so if there is if there is a product that you are providing and whether that is real estate or or a service like how Amazon runs things where it's a it's a delivery service of, of goods if it is if you are supporting growth in the economy then that's where the government wants to encourage that and that's where deductions happen that's where uh, that's where credits happen. If you... The reason you get a credit for having a kid is because the kid is eventually going to become a part of society and be part of these people that are in these numbers that we're talking about that will eventually contribute to percentages of taxes, which in turn, it gives money to the government. That's, that's part of why you get taxes. You are spending money on, if nothing else, on things for the kid, for them to, for, for them to be alive, like food and diapers And that's going to take sales tax.
1: Right? Real quick point, though. Uh, Most states don't actually charge sales tax on food items just because they deem it a necessity. Continue, though. And you are supporting the economy by having a kid because
0: you are purchasing things. And so if there's ever a point where there's a deduction to be had, a credit to be had, it's because the government is trying to encourage it to support the economy. And, and I feel like that gets a little lost in translation sometimes because people say, well, why isn't this business getting taxed the way that I get taxed? That's, that's because they have put money into a system that is promoting the economy, whereas you are part of the cogs. And that's okay if you don't want to run a business. You don't, you don't have to. But that's why, in my humble opinion, everybody should get involved in running a business so that you can take advantage of some of these opportunities it's just a matter of how you want to do it, what way you want to arrange it, and and learning about the ins and outs of how all this works so that you you can benefit from some of this and
1: promote the economy in the process.
0: And that was that was more of a soapbox than I expected to go on. So
1: I'll let you take it. But, Jeez. I mean, realistically, <laughs> you just can't charge a, a business taxes in the way that... Uh, you can't look at a company's gross revenue as income tax the way you can an individual's income tax it's if you tax a business at the same income tax brackets and treated their gross revenue as income they would have nothing to continue with the business they wouldn't be able to pay employees they wouldn't be able to expand they wouldn't be able to buy new products to continue to sell it just they wouldn't exist anymore because the you're talking about income tax percentages that are larger than most companies profit margins and that profit margin is the only reason they exist absolutely without a profit margin you can't get investors you can't fund a business you can't pay off debt you can't pay shareholders you can't do anything you can you know you you can break even for a certain period of time and have no no profits but it's not sustainable into the future unless you are literally a not for profit um even those are still paying their employees and their owners in most cases and then if the business doesn't exist then that means that the
0: income for the employees doesn't exist which means that the income tax for those employees as well as the sales tax of things that they were going to purchase with the money they made does not exist and that's why those those deductions and those credits are encouraged and right. uh, why it why it happens from from the government side to to try and promote those things and there are different thoughts as to what the most beneficial way is to do it and that's why there are different thoughts of that in the in the political system that make strong opinions about it and that's why again from from the start of all of this it's important for you to do your research on where those taxes happen how they affect you and what you think is
1: is important stepping off of soapboxes for a bit Mm -hmm. as an individual how do you if if you are looking for more than just the standard deduction how do you reduce your tax burden what are some of your biggest deductions and credits it's a great question i don't know All right, right. we already talked about it. If you own a business, the business expenses are some of the the biggest expenses, depreciation, um, cost of goods sold, all of those things for obvious reasons. Or at least, I guess, obvious to me, which is why we've been talking about this for so long.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's (laughs) let's address one of those things for a minute. Uh, Sometimes you will talk to somebody, somebody that has a business and they say, yeah, it's great, I run this business and so it pays for my truck this way. And that's that's a good example of if you utilize your truck for a business, and that's that's part of the purchase that happens uh, within the business expenses because it is a business vehicle. Then then maybe you have a company vehicle because you purchased it that way. And that's that's just an example of a larger purchase that might happen because the business that you created requires a vehicle. And that's a that's a that's a really broad example, but it's. That's why when Sean is talking about your largest deductions that you're going to find, the, the largest amounts in that is going to be business related because those are larger purchases that
1: you're going to find. Right. And those are things that are taking away from your income as a business owner. Right. Um, the, the next biggest is that most people can create for themselves are retirement accounts and or health savings accounts. So your retirement accounts we've talked about uh, to a certain degree, and we, we plan on talking about more in the future, but your 401k, 403b, uh, IRAs, SEPs, Simples, all of those things are going to reduce, and unless it's a Roth, of course, are going to reduce your taxable income in the year you make the contribution. Health savings accounts are obviously more specific. They're just for health savings, and it's only if you have a high deductible plan. But those actually are probably one of the best uh, from a a tax standpoint, because not only does it reduce your taxable burden or your taxable income when you make a contribution to the health savings account, but when you spend the money, it's also tax-free if it's used for qualifying health Purposes, Whereas those retirement accounts I just talked about, when you pull that money out, it's all going to be taxable. Unless it's Roth, which is the exact opposite. Right. Yeah. So that would be probably the next biggest that comes to my mind. Um, the Another would be interest on a mortgage for a primary residence. Uh, this one's no longer as beneficial as it used to be because they reduced the the amount that qualifies—I um, actually need to look it up. I, as of 2019, it was up to 750,000 of qualified home loans for joint filers, and 375,000 for individual filers. Now, that's not a deduction of 750,000. You're only getting a deduction on the interest you pay up to a loan amount of those those amounts. So realistically, you're you know you're paying a couple thousand dollars a month maybe
0: one, one of the questions i actually have is is actually when you're talking about this uh, when you're when you're looking at say uh, say you purchase a home for 750,000 and you get it at a 5% fixed interest rate as opposed to right now where they're they're really trying to promote people to buy real estate currently and so mortgage rates are at A record low for our lifetimes right now right now does that mean that if i got a house at a two percent interest rate a fixed interest rate today that i'm getting less of a deduction because the interest rate is lower
1: correct that's interesting
0: i never would have even considered that
1: yeah because it's only the interest that is being deducted any principal payments are not acting as a deduction for you so if you're paying four thousand a month on a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage, realistically, a portion of that is interest and a portion of that is principal. So,
0: is your PMI considered in that equation at all? I don't know. I don't. I can't imagine it is. Unless in general it's an FHA terms, I recommend a avoiding loan, a PMI. But but, no, but, uh, I do too. Yeah. That's different.
1: Um, I don't know if that's included or not.
0: Interesting. Okay. No, I just, I just had no idea. I knew that there was a, a tax break that would happen on the the side of having a home, and I guess I more attributed that to property taxes and uh, uh, being in an area, because when you are paying property taxes, then you are in an area where you're more likely to go to the Starbucks that's down the street and pay a sales tax, and that's, that's why they promote those things. But I didn't realize that there was a de- deduction that happened within the interest of the home loan itself and that's why I was curious if yep. you're paying if you're getting less of a deduction because you're paying less and
1: that makes sense and I didn't expect a I don't know I didn't expect it I'm learning yeah yeah so we already talked about uh so that would be another big one uh, we already talked about child credits uh and again that's a credit not a d- deduction there are also some, you know, year, year to year, it varies, but there are some du- deductions for energy efficient appliances, solar arrays, things of that nature. Um, it, it all depends on what you're installing. Um, the other thing that comes into play when it comes to your taxes, uh, most people think of uh, investing in capital gains, but there are also capital losses. You can lose money on your investments, and those capital losses actually act can be used to offset gains. So if you have you know, 5,000 in capital gains, but you also have 6,000 in capital losses, technically you took a loss for the year, so you, that actually acts as a negative on your income, and so you're not gonna be paying taxes on the gains when you have it, even more losses. The other thing that really uh, kicks in there is short-term versus long-term capital gains and losses. So your, your long-term are assets that you've held for more than a year, and you've had a gain or a loss on, and those are at that 15%, same as dividends that we talked about before. Um, For most people, 15%. And then if you're, you know, higher income tax brackets, they tack on another 3.8 or they do 20% plus 3.8. But that's for the long-term. Short-term capital gains and losses would be anything held for less than a year. And those are going to be at your income tax bracket. So if you buy you know, Google stock today and sell it next month. You've held it for less than 12 months and therefore you're going to pay pay taxes on it if you made money on it, obviously. You're going to be pay taxes on it at your income tax bracket, not the more favorable, typically more favorable 15%. Right, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And,
0: you know, I I think I'm going to put a leash on you. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you back because you're like a you're like a pit bull with numbers. You
1: said that before. But you are.
0: I, have I? Oh, yeah. You know, Mark Twain said that honesty is the best thing in the world because it means you have to remember nothing. Yeah, so I like that. I didn't I didn't remember that I called you a pit bull with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, the reason I'm gonna put a leash on you is because you, you used a key phrase, and you said. You said. I mean, you said it a couple times, to be honest. But uh, when you're talking about dividends, and I know that we are going to address that in the next season, which we haven't really hinted at before. But we're we're wrapping up the second season. We've got maybe a couple more episodes that's sitting in here. Uh, that that once once we've hit this, we're we're really trying to cover basics uh, in this stretch, especially because back to basics, right? And when we're looking at this, this is the ability to operate within the the confines of what we have now and and getting these base levels, and that's why we're trying to build on it. That's why we start with our spending plan. That's why we move into our debt uh, and debt consolidation and savings versus cushions and, and financial fitness, and, and then we start to move into things that you're going to come up against where we're looking at things like taxes and... Uh, then when we have all this together, then in this upcoming season, we're going to be able to address, now that we've got these basics in mind, now that we've learned these things on how to start and how to use this framework and this foundation, how can we start to get involved more advanced stuff, the, the fancy words. Like, like div- If you asked me what a dividend was last year, I, I would have just stared at you and probably started talking about something shiny. I, I'm sure of it.
1: Um, Perfect. So next season, we'll talk about dividends. We'll talk about capital gains and losses. We'll talk about asset location, in addition to asha- asset allocation, because location has to do with the type of account, whether it's qualified or non-qualified, uh, traditional versus Roth, and things of that nature.
0: Okay. Okay. You already lost me. See. See. That's why we'll that's, talk
1: about it next season. That's,
0: that's that's why we'll talk about it next season. Because again, you know this. This is totally a a selfish podcast for me because if nobody listens to this, then I get free education. And (laughs) if we become super, super famous, then everybody gets free education. And I, I, I want people to, I want you guys that are listening to be rich. I want you to be my rich friends because then we can get together and do rich friend stuff and it's it's going to be great but we don't we don't get there unless we slowly build on these things and that's why i'm excited to hit that next season when that does come about and i'm 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 just i'm hanging on to the pit bull like you can see he's he's hungry
1: (laughs) i'm ready to talk about it i'm
0: hungry (laughs) uh thank thank you for for joining i know i know taxes can be can be dry uh, and it's <laughs> an understatement I, it's such an understatement but the the thing is is that they're they're dry but they're also important and they're they're important because they're currently uh, and for the foreseeable future unavoidable and it's and likely it's to go to, up and likely to go up at least in the immediate future and it's good to understand the why and where it's going and how it affects you and that's that's what we're doing and that's why we're taking these steps and uh, honestly like if if you feel like we didn't touch on something or if it was too convoluted or something I, I've said this before I, I really think that it would be good for us to do a and a type thing where we just do a wrap up episode on addressing random things that come from questions of people and to be completely honest nobody's asking me anything <laughs> if they're asking me something they're sending me a text they're like hey uh, I didn't listen to this episode but You should tell me about this thing. And so I I can't can't focus on things that we've missed in here, if that makes sense. So if you're listening to this, clearly you're listening to this (laughs) while you're listening to this, if you're thinking, I'd like to know more about this, or you glazed over this, or, hey, you described this, and guess what? You did a terrible job at doing it. Tell me. Get on the Facebook page. Get a message over to us so that we can address these things further and until then, we're just going to keep running in our own little world and I'm just going to get selfish free education is what's going to happen this this little, this little abyss that I live in. <laughs> so uh, thank you again for taking the time to try to better yourself because it's an uncommon trait nowadays. Uh, and thank you for listening to The Truth About Investing Back to Basics. My name's Chris Holling.
1: And I'm Sean Cooper.
0: And we will catch. I gotta go get something it else. I'm not gonna get it. <laughs> but I and you'll next time we'll talk into the microphone. Okay. <laughs> Podcast disclaimer. Disclaimer. The disclaimer following this disclaimer is the disclaimer that is required for this podcast to be up and running and fully functioning and moving forward. This is going to be the same disclaimer that you will hear in each one of our episodes. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed making it. All content on this podcast and accompanying transcript is for informational purposes only. Opinions expressed herein by Sean Cooper are solely those of FIT Financial Consulting, LLC, unless otherwise specifically cited. Chris Holling is not affiliated with FIT Financial Consulting, LLC, nor do the views expressed by Chris Holling represent the views of FIT Financial Consulting, LLC. This podcast is intended to be used in its entirety. Any other use beyond its author's intent, distribution, or copying of the contents of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Nothing in this podcast is intended as legal, accounting, or tax advice, and is informational purposes only. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. This podcast may reference links to websites for the convenience of our users. Our firm has no control over the accuracy or content of these other websites. Advisory services are offered through Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, an investment advisor firm registered in the states of Washington and Colorado. The presence of this podcast on the internet shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by our firm in the rendering of personalized investment advice for the compensation shall not be made without our first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. For information concerning the status or disciplinary history of a broker, dealer, investment advisor, or their representatives, a consumer should contact their state securities administrator. This has been a test of the emergency disclosure system. (laughs) Uh, All right. I, I think I think I'm actually gonna have to split this into two
1: episodes too. Like this. That's is, fair. This. I got to get going anyway. That's that's fine. I got to get a that's workout fine.
0: in. Got to get small. That's I gotta, right. I got
1: to I got to do it.
0: <laughs> text. Researching. Yeah. Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> I don't know if you ever played this as a kid, but there's there's a, a game that was called, like, See Who Can Hit the Lightest. Did you ever oh. play that
1: game? <laughs> I'm sure I did at some point, yeah. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. And so you start where you go, it's like a light jab, and then they come back with a lighter jab, and you just punch the crap out of them. You go, oh, sorry, I guess <laughs> I lose. <laughs>